The Maker's House Chapel International presents Destiny Word with Dr. Michael Buedinamite. God has destined for each and every one of us to live a life of purpose, a life of abundance, and a life that pleases Him. Dr. Michael Buedinamite's mandate is clear. He's equipped to raise destiny giants for our time, equipped with the wisdom and anointing for a time such as now. Please stay tuned in to Destiny Word. Heavenly Father, we know that the grass will wither, the flower will fade, but your word will abide forever. We pray that today you give us a word that works. Anoint these lips of clay, make it an instrument of a blessing to somebody's life in these few minutes that we have to share with your people the unadulterated truth that proceeds from the throne room of grace. We pray for eloquence. We pray for divine articulation of supernatural wisdom. We pray, O oh God, that, Father, you will be seen in our mess today, as never been before, in Jesus' name, amen. We started this journey, Psalm 23, talking about the fact that David used one of the most intimate metaphors that could have ever been used in Scripture, calling God his shepherd. He was saying that he can be God to other people. He, can, he might not even be said by other people, but when it comes to me, the Lord Supreme is my shepherd. He's using a possessive pronoun. He's saying that I own this God. This God owns me. He is mine. He looks after me. He's the one who watches over me. He's my guide. He's my God, my governor. He's saying that because he is the one that is on the throne and my shepherd, Yahweh Yireh being my shepherd, then I will lack nothing. That is to mean that anytime we allow God to lead the way and shepherd our lives, he moves us or extricates us from the um, entanglements of lack. Anything that will move you or box you up in any realm of lack or deprivation, God says that when I shepherd you, I extricate you from those tendencies. When God is my shepherd, I lack nothing. If God, the one who is, the Alpha, the Omega, the first, the last, the beginning, the end, is the one who is the captain of Israel, so is the one who is the supplier. The Bible says that, and he shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. If he's the one that is my shepherd, then lack cannot be in my vocabulary. If you recall um, the attribute of God as the ultimate provider, they called him Yahweh Yireh, Jehovah Jireh, which means the God who has many breasts. The many-breasted God simply means that he, he reserves our portions for us. He has so many breasts that none of his children are supposed to fight over a single piece of it. Yours is yours. Mine is mine. And none of us will be deprived of having his own. And therefore, because he is my shepherd and he is the many-breasted God, he will preserve my breast for me. What is mine will be kept for me. And therefore, when I need anything, I just tap into it and I lack not. That is what God is saying. That if you allow me to shepherd your life, to be the guide, the guard, the governor, then nothing called lack will be found in your life. As you journey through 2017, I want this thing to resonate in your spirit. That as long as God remains the captain of your boat, the shepherd of your life, then there is no way you can get into that obscured place called lack, whereby you lack anything or whereby you lack something in life. It is an assurance. That is our confidence we have in him. And that is what the Bible wants us to appreciate and walk with. I'm saying that God, when you read that text and you really want to follow, follow scripture and follow 
um, the revelation of scripture, you know that it is not for the mere romanticization of an ecclesiastical order. It is not so that you can sit down and applaud and just be happy that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want him. He may get me to lie down in green pastures. No, 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 that's not the purpose. God wants you to be able to draw a revelation out of it. And the revelation is, as long as he remains your shepherd, then luck can't be your portion. And I pray for you that as long as God remains your shepherd in 2017, may you never lack anything good for every good and every perfect gift cometh from god i pray for everybody under the sound of my voice that god will lead you to where the waters are still where the pastures are green and you will lack nothing around you he said because he is my shepherd i shall not want i shall lack nothing he talks about god causing you to lie down in green pastures and if you recall i was saying that the, the sheep will never lie down when it is threatened the sheep will never lie down and eat when it is hungry. It will only lie down and eat when it's full. And even that, when it's lying down, it's not eating a fresh meal because it's full. It's chewing the cart. It finds time to ruminate, but it only lies and ruminates when there is no threat of either territory or of its possession. And as God shepherds your life, one of the things that you should understand and bear in mind is that your territory's protection is in the hands of the shepherd, not yourself. Most of us, we get to places where we are wondering, how, how am I going to keep this? How am I going to sustain this? How is this going to stand the test of time? But we fail to appreciate that that is not your work. The one holding the rod and the staff is the shepherd. The rod is for the defense of the sheep. For the rod, when anything is coming up against the sheep, it is a rod that the shepherd will use to ward them off. So when anything is coming up against you, um, the shepherd has this rod ready. And I came to tell somebody today that your portion is preserved because your shepherd has his rod ready. And whoever is coming around you, let them be mindful of this, that your shepherd is holding his rod and ready to strike. Are you ready for this? Yeah. When the shepherd is holding the rod, the sheep can lie down and rest its mind. Because it knows that its territory cannot be encroached. What God has given to you, nobody can take it from you because the shepherd is still holding his rod and is watching around to see if there is anything that is trying to get into your space. May nothing get into your space because your, your shepherd is still on duty. So whoever is coming up against me will have my shepherd to contend with. Can I speak to you real quick? Whoever is coming against you will have your shepherd to contend with because he's still holding his rod and he is ready to fight. The shepherd is a fighter. The shepherd is a warrior. The shepherd is able to fight battles. The shepherd is able to protect the territory of his people. The, the shepherd is able to preserve. So what is yours will be preserved not because you are strong, but because it is the shepherd's responsibility to keep the sheep safe. That is what the Bible says that some trust in horses, others trust in chariots. But you see, none of these things will bring you safety. For the name of the Lord is a strong tower. When the righteous run to it, they are safe. It means that for you to be safe, for your finances to be safe, for your spirituality to be safe, for your ministry to be safe, for your marriage to be safe, what you need is the staff and the rod of the shepherd ready to be deployed in your defense. When the shepherd holds his rod, he's saying that, all right, come against him. You have me to contend with. And the flock or the sheep can rest in peace and rest its mind. And all that the sheep can say is that, okay, I can enjoy my space. If you are coming well, I don't have any defense because the sheep is defenseless. And it's not a problem to the sheep because the sheep knows that when you are coming against him, there is a shepherd 
to protect him. David said, I've been a shepherd before. Um, when there was going to be a confrontation between himself and the king, the man called Goliath of Gath. And when Goliath was coming and he was throwing the tantrums and saying all the things that he was saying unto the people of Israel. And the Bible says that even the king was running for cover. And the man called David had gone to the king and said, King, allow me to go and fight this uncircumcised Philistine. The Bible says that. And the king said, no, you are a young man. You've never fought before. You've never, you have no experience. This is a man who has been fighting from birth. He's, he's an experienced man of war. He is, he is very strong and he can kill you. Not, notice that even your elder brothers are running for cover. He said, a king, I know, I know, but he is like a dog to me. Why are you saying that? He said, I've been on the field before. I've been a shepherd all my life. And I've been out there and I've seen the lion and the bear coming up against my flock. And anytime the lion and the bear comes up against my flock, I don't allow anybody else to even come and help me because when it comes to my flock, I am a defender all by myself. I don't need brothers. I don't need father. I don't need mother. I can stand and fight for my flock all by myself. And I go after the lion and where the lion has taken anything that belongs to me, I get it back from them. And what God is saying is that as long as you remain my flock, when the enemy comes up against you in the form of a flood, I lift up a standard. Why? Because I go after them and I fight and I take back what they have taken from you. Is that not interesting when David uses that term? Because it is after the enemy has taken that restoration is needed. If there is no taking, there shouldn't be any giving back. So when the enemy takes from you, it is the shepherd's duty to restore he restoreth your soul. It means that most of the time our lives are cast because you see the pleasures of life, the, the weight of life, the, the sheep can be cast when the wool becomes thicker, when the vision becomes blurred, when the elements, the sun and the rest, um, they give him a beating of a lifetime and he can't take it anymore. Um, when the vision is blurred and the turns become too tight. The sheep can be cast. And most of you, you've gotten to places in your life where your turns have been tight and the elements of life have been giving you beatings of life and everybody's against you and so your life is cast. But the good news is the shepherd is there to restore. And I pray that may the Lord God get into your situation and risk. can I speak to somebody real quick? The Bible says he restoreth my soul. Uh, there are many things that has happened in my life but God is going to bring me restoration. The Bible says, and he restoreth. It means that before you came into this world, there was a storage. Yeah. Your life was given a divine storage. The enemy took away from your stock. God is saying that when it comes to your divine provision, what I have placed on your life for the manifestation of divine agenda, what the enemy took from you, it is in my power to restock your store. What is supposed to be in your store to help you facilitate your destiny fulfillment that the enemy took from you, I am able to re, that is bring it back to you, give it to you again. So he says that he restored my soul to mean that God is able to put my life back on track. It means that when my life goes down and south and under, I don't need to consult any deity. I don't need to go to anybody because the one who made me, the Bible says that the one who sits upon the circles and the thrones of the earth, the one who neither sleeps nor slumbers, this God that I'm talking about is able to step in and restore. The Bible says the days and the years that the palmer worm and the locusts of eating, God says, and I'll restore unto you. I pray for you right now that the days and the years that the palmer worm and the locusts of eating, may the Lord God restore. It means to restore means that there were things that were taken from your past. And God is saying that I'll give you the former rain moderately. And I'll bring you 
the present rain. But if I give you the former rain and the present rain, there is another thing that I'll do called the latter rain. And the glory of the latter rain shall be greater than the former. But why if the former is nowhere to be compared to the latter, why do you still want to bring it back to me? Why do you want to restore the former if you know the latter is bigger, better, and greater? Because when it comes to destiny, God doesn't encourage waste. So anything of yours that they have taken, although he's bringing you something bigger, he will still bring it back. He will still bring it back to you. That is why I came to say this thing to you this morning, that the Lord God will restore. To restore means that what you lost in time, in your past, we serve a God. His name is Elohim. The Yahweh Adonai, the Jehovah God himself, the timeless God, the one that existed before time, will live in time and continue to exist after time. Whether you put him in the box of time or outside the parameters of time, he remains God. So what God does is that what you lost in time, God is able to go back into time, take out of time what you lost in time, bring it back to you on time so that you are never out of time. So what God is saying that is irrespective of where you have gotten to, I can still... God can still restore you. You might be thinking, I'm aging, I'm growing. But my biological clock is ticking. I'm getting old. Things must happen. God, do you want me to be blessed when I'm old, when I can't even enjoy the good things of life? God is saying to you, well, age and what you call numbers that you judge is not through your lens. Somebody might live to 40, but maybe I want you to go 120. And what you think, um, you are late therein, I can fast forward things to you. Um, can I pray for you real quick? That may God fast forward an agenda. That he will restore unto you the days, the years, the months. That the palmer worm, the locust, and the canker worm. He restore it. I pray for you. I feel like something is pushing me now. I pray for anybody who requires restoration. Whatever you have lost in time. May the Lord God of our fathers. The God of my many journeys. The God whose I am and whom I serve. The God who called me by name. The one who called me anointed me and gave me his word. I pray that he will restore. Any glorious manifestation that you have lost, may God restore your soul. He restored my life. The things that I've lost, God is able to restore. So my life is never out of sync. Stock is not depleted because this God that I serve is able to restore. When I am cast and my legs are dangling and I'm dying through asphyxiation, Things are not the way I expect them to be. I serve a God who can flick me over. That is not done by the sheep itself. The friends of the sheep can't help the sheep. The sheep is in herd. There are companies of sheep forming the flock. And yet when a sheep is cast, none of the sheep out of pity or sympathy or out of love will be able to go to a fellowship and say that you don't deserve to be down. Let me push you up. It's not the duty of another sheep to restore another sheep. 
That is why you cannot watch somebody to serve God. That is why you cannot put your life in the hands of another man. That is why you can't expect somebody else to put you back on track. When things are going down and south, David said, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from God, the Father of life. The Bible says, in whom there is no variableness, no shadow of turning. I came to speak to you that if there is any restoration that you need, there is a God in the heavens who is able to restore. And I pray that as you journey through 2017, whatever you need restoration therein, may God re... Watch this. Watch this. If it was only restoration he does, why do you do it, God? Why are you giving me green pastures? Why are you fighting adversaries? Why is it that any enmity that is lifted against me, you hold your rod and you fight them? Why do you keep blessing me? Knowing that I've been a sheep, a total display of stupidity. I have exhibited tendencies of madness many times. Where sometimes you tell me, don't do this. And I pray and I come back to God and I say, God, please, I won't do it again. This sin that I committed, I'm not going to do it again. The next time the sins that so easily beset me, I find myself in it again. Yet, as a sheep, you still give me green pastures. Of all the things that I've done that you don't like, yet you still love me. Why do you do that as God? Psalm 23 gives us a perfect understanding and a revelatory expression of why God does the things that he does. Why does he do them? The Bible says, the reason why you hold your hands, lead you in your rightful path, is because God has an image to protect. The reason why the enemy comes up against you in spite of the fact that the Bible says the wages of sin is death and the gift of life is eternal life. The reason why when you sinned, maybe last night, maybe two nights ago, maybe three days ago, the things that you did and what you said, that wasn't right. The devil was empowered at that very minute to strike you dead because it is a provision in the constitution of God that when somebody sins, the person is supposed to die. Whether it's spiritual or physical, death is death. And what he's saying is that even though they had every legal right to end your life and your life cycle when they lifted up their rod to smite you mercy said no and why did you keep me alive when you know that i did something that is wrong and i deserve to die why didn't you allow them to steal what is mine why didn't you allow the armed robbers to kill me when they attacked me why didn't you do that because it's not that i've been living so pure and holy god is saying that it is because i have an image to protect ah uh, ezekiel 36 the Bible talks about the fact that God will do all these things for his people. God was chiding them, telling them, why do you do these things? And you are sinning and you're doing this. I, I should have done A, B, C, D to you, but I will not do that. And the prophet asked God, why won't you do it to your people? Because God said, because of my name. If I do that to them, the people of the world will ask, couldn't God protect them? God is saying that I have an image to protect. The reason why God keeps blessing you is not because you have been paying your tithes. Because most of you are not even diligent in that. The devourer was supposed to have attacked you and messed you up. Why? Is it that any time that you get up and when pe people are always bypassed and overlooked and you are favored. Why? God says, I have an image to protect. He says, he leads me in the path of righteousness. But it is for his name's sake. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with him. Because he thinks about himself. When it comes to anything to do with you, God has to look at his integrity. If God doesn't do it for his name's sake, 
you wouldn't have gotten to where you are now. The reason why you are where you are and the enemy comes up against you and the blood is still speaking. All that God had planned for your life, you see them coming to pass one after the other. You look at yourself three years ago where you were and you look at yourself now where God has brought you and you can say that, mm, you can tell that you are coming from far, you are from a far land. The reason why God keeps moving you on that trajectory of life is because God is preserving his integrity. That is to mean that the reason why he's supplying all your needs is not because you blow the loudest of tongues, but God has an image to protect. The, the reason why you are still alive now is not because you live right and you exercise and you eat healthy, but because God has an agenda over your life and he has an image to protect. I just came to pray for somebody right now that may God watch his own word and perform because of his own image and integrity for your name's sake oh god bless my life for his name's sake he will lift me up for his name's sake he will protect my cause for his name's sake he will keep me alive for his name's sake no weapon formed or fashioned against me can i pray for somebody shall prosper for his name what god wants to do with your life is because of his name i read psalm 23 i got to that portion of scripture and i got excited because you read it and the bible says that his leading his provision his protection all that he does is not for nothing god has his personal interest god has a personal interest in your life the u.s foreign policy they say they don't have permanent allies they have permanent interest so you can be their friend if their interest is being compromised arrivederci that is the end of the relationship nations consider interest in relationships god considers his interest in your life in his relationship with you because god wants to make a name with you watch this so the reason why god does what he does is because he has his name in view the people called me el leon the Lord of hosts. They call me Jehovah Jireh, the many-breasted God, the supplier, the one who goes ahead of his people, and before they get there, he makes provisions. They call me Jehovah Tikenu, the God of righteousness. They call me Jehovah Makatishkemi, the sanctifier. They call me the El Gibor, the mighty God of battle. They look at me and they call me Jehovah Nisi, the Lord who is a banner. They call me Jehovah Rohi. They call me Jehovah Rofehika. They call me all these names. And so if there is anything coming up against any child of mine, my name is being questioned. Let me try to explain to you. Anything that comes around you is a test of God's integrity and character. It is his name put under the microscope for scrutiny. So if they come up against you to kill you, it is the elgibor nature of God they are provoking. And God says the reason why I fight when they come against you is not because of what you are doing for me necessarily, but because I have my name to protect. I do it for my name's sake. And so when there is any deprivation or lack, or when you get to a place where you are confused, for me to be your rohi, your shepherd. The reason why I should come in and hold your hands and lead you. He leads me in the path 
of right the reason why he's supposed to lead you is because his name is the shepherd the rohi and the rohi is supposed to lead and so when i get to a place where i am confused the enemy is trying to attack the shepherding nature of god when i get to a place and i am sick the reason why god will heal me is not because i came to kneel on the altar and wept bitterly I wept and said, God, won't you heal me? Your word says by your stripes I am healed. The reason why he will heal you is not because you prayed that prayer, but because his name is Jehovah Rophehika, the God who heals. And so when you are sick, it is for his name's sake that he will. It's for his name. God has a name to protect. He is the almighty God. And so when things come up against you, he is supposed to show his might. That is why he said when they come up against you, in the form of a flood, when they come up against you, there is a comma. In the form of a flood is what God will use. When they come up against you in the form of a flood, the Spirit of God shall lift up a standard. What God is saying is that the standard that will be lifted is because they are coming. But when they are coming, you might not see them. But it is my duty to lift you up so that they can get you because I have a name to protect. May God preserve you because of his name. May God lift you up because of his name. May God heal you because of his name. May God become your righteousness. You watch the test. And the Bible says that he leads me, but it's a path. Of righteousness. Whatever is right was predestined in my life before eternity and before time. I might not know it, he has to lead me in it. But the reason why I will go through many things and still get to my destination is because the one leading me in the right path is the shepherd. And his leadership, the reason why I fall many times and still he keeps me, is because the world knows that I am his. And because the world knows that I am his, if he allows me to go under, his character and integrity will be questioned. David said, do this thing, lest the people of the world ask, where is their God? So most of the time, God does things so that the world will be silenced. And they can't say, and ask those silly, atheistic, reactionary propaganda questions. God does that so that they, when they look at you, they will not be able to say, And so because of his name, he blesses people. Abraham had lied. But because of covenant and the name he carried, God had no option than to cause the heathen king to give to him what will make him a big man. Sarah had laughed, doubted the integrity of God's word. Said, how will my husband, my Lord, has pleasure in his old age? It seems to be with me according to the manner of women. What she was saying is, is over. The word of God, no, 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 angel, you lost your address. You should go to and look for a young girl and say these things to the girl. I mean, I'm done. I, I've res- resigned to my faith. I've, my faith, I know that it's not going to happen. I've given, I've already arranged a woman for my husband. We have a child. I have a stepson. I'm done. Doubted God. And yet God gave the child. Why did you give if I require faith to unlock the portals of divine supply? God is saying that it is for my name's sake. Well, let me say this thing, then I will wrap it up and close. God wants to do many things with our lives. Many things. But it will not be by your might. It will not be through your connections or contacts. God is not looking at you. He's looking at himself. When it comes to what God does with people, he is very selfish. He doesn't really consider you. 
he considers himself. So the reason why he will cause you to lie down in green pastures, the reason why he will lead you beside the still waters, the reason why you will not lack anything, is because when you lack, it goes against him. When you lie where it's not fruitful or productive, it goes against him. It speaks against him. So why he will do it is because he has an interest. May the interest of God over your life. Can I pray with you? I want to pray with you. I feel like enforcing divine agenda. If you really watch the test, the Bible says that this God we are talking about will do things for his names. God, for the sake of your name, let it be unto me according to your word. For the sake of your name, protect my family. For the sake of your name, protect my enterprise. For the sake of your name, make me fruitful. Give me children. Bless me with children. Bless me um, with children, not just with a child. For the sake of your name. People are laughing at me. I've been made a laughing stock amongst the Lord. And they are thinking and asking questions. Where is their God? Where is this God? Where is their God? For the sake of your name, visit and bless me. For the sake of your name, let things fall in their proper places. For the sake of your name. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed with Destiny Word by Dr. Michael Boydi-Nyamiche. You are cordially invited to the Maker's House Chapel International, Kwabanya Off Point One. Join in on any of our services, Sunday Word, first service, 7 to 9 a.m., second service, from 10 a.m. to 12 noon, teaching service on Wednesdays, 6.30 to 8 p.m., and our flagship program, The Morning Aura, on Saturdays from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. to engage in prayer and experience the supernatural. For more information about this ministry, call 0244-221-272 or 0262-731-570 or visit our website, www.themakershousechapel.org. We believe in the word in totality and the light it brings our path to experience the grace to take territories and fulfill destiny. God richly bless you.